0: You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode.
1: Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. And once again, we get my wife, Cassandra. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. This is the uh, last episode of the year. So it's Christmas, actually.
0: That's right. Ho, ho, ho. Isn't that what they say?
1: Yeah. This is actually episode 239, so it's kind of crazy. We do, you know, one a week. We've been doing it. I'll have to look and make sure, but I'm pretty sure April of 2019 is when we started doing this. So it's kind of crazy to think we're, what, 239 episodes into it. I appreciate all of you listeners. We, last time I checked, and this was in November at some point, uh, we were over 70,000 listens. So it's amazing. We, um... At the rate we're going, hopefully by March or April of next year, we'll hit 100,000. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, which is pretty good. As you know, my goal has always been to stay consistent with this podcast. And for the most part, we've done it. Exactly. And uh, we couldn't do it without these listeners, so we appreciate all of you. But like I said, today is episode 239, and today's topic is let's wrap up the year with the most common toxic mold questions. So, what's probably the most common question you probably hear, as far as not what I hear, but what you probably see from people that are not mold literate?
0: I think everybody wants to spray uh, bleach and get the, and kill the mold. I see so many things at Walmart that say, "Hey, it kills all mold and mildew." And so, I think everybody's like, "Can I just, you know, squeeze, squeeze some bleach on it, and it's all, it all goes away?"
1: Yeah, that's. That's probably the most common myth that I hear and question. You know, what can I use to spray mold or what kind of spray can I use to kill mold? They always like to to throw that in there. And, we, you know, we've talked about it before. Mold, for the most part, yeah, you can kill it. You can change the chemical makeup and make it so that it can't become viable and reproduce. But the term killing mold isn't something like i'll use it but i don't like to use that term because as we talk about all the time mold is naturally present in the air so when you say kill something it's like it'd be like killing all the mosquitoes in your backyard yeah it sounds great but is it feasible
0: exactly and yeah And, and killing mold is sort of a interesting concept what do you mean when you say kill mold? Right, mold is naturally present in the air.
1: Right. Well, and and that's why it is. I, th- I think it's such a an interesting topic because if I remember right, you bought some some sort of cleaner for the shower.
0: I did. Yeah, and I wanted to show you because it says it kills mold and mildew.
1: Right, and it might kill that little section of mold that's there but you still got to get rid of the mold spores. And how do you get rid of all the mold spores in the air?
0: Yeah, you don't. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so it's a it's a term for our listeners that I want them to understand like when someone tries to sell you on and and when I say this, you know, especially on the mitigation side of things, there's a lot of companies that claim that they have this new I've heard every term in the book, but they can fog and they have this new technology that seeks out mold spores and it kills them. I'm not saying that that's not out there, but it's something that you would literally have to do 24/7 to kill the mold. Exactly. And so when it comes to like mitigation, these these companies can come in and say, "Oh yeah, you know, we can do this for $2500." And they come in and they fog or spray, or do whatever they do, and claim that they got rid of the mold, they killed the mold in the house, well, for the most part, if you have a mold problem, which is mold infestations, you can't just kill it. You have to remove all the mold.
0: Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: So, you know, just to kind of cover that with our listeners, that spraying bleach on mold, if it's a non-porous surface, so it's the tile in your shower, that's not a, a major concern. But if you're spraying wood or your walls or sheetrock, if you're trying to kill the mold that way, you're literally feeding the mold.
0: Yeah, which is not good. No,
1: it's it's interesting. A lot of people try to market things that will say kills mold and mildew. I'm not saying it's not killing it, but you're not alleviating the problem for good. Exactly. Another question, this is probably the second most common question I usually get how do I know if mold is making me sick? And it's something that once again, we we talked about medical stuff a few episodes ago. It gets, it's quite complex. Mold is complex. When I get asked that, like, I'm like, well, I don't know. You're going to have to tell me, you know, A, B, C, and D. But what's, what's honestly cool about this question is we have a free course that
0: on Udemy, they can go right? to Udemy and take on sickness. Yep,
1: and it's completely free.
0: Well, and here's the other thing: I think a lot of people are very concerned about the things that make them sick when they get sick. But I would also say it's important to know what it looks like on you to be well. Yes, because you have no baseline if you don't know that. What, what what's going on for you when you're well? What does being healthy look like and feel like for your body? Because it's different from one person to the next.
1: Exactly. So you
0: know what those baselines are. So when you do get sick, you know how far to the other side it's gone. Exactly. Where you're at right now and you're documenting the changes from wellness to sickness.
1: Exactly. Yep. And it, you know, it kind of brings up a point with uh, that question, if mold is making somebody sick, Something our listeners need to understand, and I think, you know, if they listen to us consistently, they, they've they heard us talk about it, mold affects everybody differently. So what might make you sick might not make me sick. Uh, just because four out of the five people in the home are not sick doesn't mean that that fifth person is a hypochondriac and they're faking it. Like, they could have, you know, some sort of autoimmune disorder. They could have asthma. An allergy to mold is, you know, Dr. Fox explained that, like, and I say this too to my clients being allergic to mold versus mold sickness or mold toxicity is night and day. Yeah. That's like having the snivels versus having COVID. Exactly. Which is kind of a good, a good comparison there like with covid some people it kills mm-hmm. or killed hopefully covid's going to be a thing in the past but it seems to be the gift that keeps on giving but that was that's a good example like a, a lot of people it didn't even affect them but I guess my point is, is is an allergy to mold is not even close in comparison with being uh having mold toxicity that's does that true. make sense
0: that makes sense
1: we already Kind of touched on, we're not, we weren't going to promote that, but we have a, a course that's free. So if our listeners are like, well, how do I know if it is mold making me sick? There's a free course. Mm-hmm. It's simple. And to then go, go
0: on your dummy and take it.
1: I don't know how long it's been up there. You talked me into doing that several years ago. And I have no intentions. At some point, maybe it will be a paid course, but for right now and it has been this way for since we've put it on there. It's free. Exactly. So, it's nothing that our listeners have to hurry and go sign up for today. I have no intentions of making it a paid course, but that's an easy way to figure out if if mold is making you sick. Yeah. So, what's another question you usually think of when you think about mold?
0: How do you get how do I get rid of mold in my house? Like how do I DIY it myself?
1: For you to do it?
0: Yeah, I would never do it. But I was just gonna say you don't. Know. If if they're a yeah. listener, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, lots of but lots of people go on YouTube and they, you know, they YouTube mold mitigation and they're like, I think I could do that.
1: Well, we have a disclaimer. <laughs> so when we post produce these podcast episodes that tells you um you should hire a professional. But if you're really going to, to tackle something and do it on your own, honestly, reach out to me and I do consultations. For that don't try to tackle it on your own but to answer your question how do you do it well first you got to fix the defect that led to it that's something that most people don't really think about like we have to do that csi investigation to see what's causing it fix the defect first then you got to put up a containment you've got to remove the mold so if it's on sheetrock, you've got to cut it out. You've got to haul it out. You've got to bag it. You and, and this is, I'm not going to go through all the, the steps and how complex it is. But, you know, you have to have a containment where you can take moldy sheetrock, moldy carpet and haul it out of your home without cross-contaminating the entire home. So you got to get rid of it. You got to run air scrubbers. We use different chemicals for different. Purposes, different materials, so we don't use the same chemicals in a fogger as we do to spray. Sometimes we're using chemicals just to clean. But anyhow, once you're done with all of that, then we got to do air testing. And if everything looks good, you, you rehab it and put it all back together. Yeah, so. and my
0: answer to how to get rid of mold is hire somebody who knows what they're doing.
1: <laughs> but it, but like you said, you know, we might have listeners that are yeah. like, "Hey, I can just go YouTube it." You know? But make sure if you're going to tackle something like that, you're getting the advice of somebody that knows what they're doing.
0: Absolutely. And, again, what is your health worth? I mean, you know, you have to really say, am I willing to expose myself and my family to a DIY project that could make us really, really sick? Is that really a good use of everybody's time and energy?
1: Yep. And, you know, like I said, it's... I kind of ran through the steps, but there's a lot more to it. I mean, you should have your HVAC ducts clean. There's just a lot of things and reasons why you should have a professional doing it.
0: 100%. And lots of people will say another question is, okay, now that I know how to get rid of it, can I do it myself? What's your response to that? No, exactly, so. it's like, can I do my highlights myself? Well, sure you can won't come out looking great on your hair, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean i I, I suppose you could pull your own teeth too hundred percent so. why we,
0: exactly, <laughs> but that's the I think the point is when you need this kind of work, it requires a certain level of expertise, and if you don't have that expertise, and if you want to. The, the comfort of knowing it was done well, then that means it probably shouldn't be done by yeah. you.
1: Yeah. And it, it kind of brings up something too that quickly I'll just touch on. It's also important you're hiring the right company. Yes. To Without going through all the procedures and steps that we take, you know, each company has different steps that they take for mold mitigation, but there is a standard out there. It's the IICRC S520. That's somewhat the common standard for reputable mitigation companies that they follow those protocols. And if you're hiring a contractor or uh, whoever you're hiring, if they don't even know what those standards are, you probably should hire a company that knows what they are.
0: Well, and you also want a company that you trust that they not only have this the piece of paper that says they know what they're doing, but they have a proven track record of doing things well. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to interview people. You have to look up references. You have to check on references. You also have to feel like they know what they're doing. And are they specialists in what they do? I don't know if I want the person who comes and cleans my carpet to be the person who does my mold mitigation.
1: Exactly, That's a really good point. You know, it's at the end of the day, the best way to vet people is to actually call, call the company mm-hmm. and talk to somebody. Yeah. If you can't talk to anybody you probably shouldn't use that company. But a certification, a sticker, a membership to IICRC doesn't make them uh trying to think of the proper verbiage to say. It doesn't make them any better than someone like myself. I don't I'm not a member of the IICRC. That's not my certification. I have the certification, it's just not through them. Correct. And I guess my point is is call the company, like I'm a member of a different association, but you could call me and I can explain that to you and say, well, yeah, just so you know, we do, I have their standards, the S520 standards. We meet those standards and we actually go above that. But if you don't call the company and you just go, well, they have this IICRC sticker on their van that makes them competent, right? It usually, you know... I should say usually. There are companies that can have that sticker, but they don't abide by those standards.
0: 100%. The other piece is, how long does it take them to get back to you once you leave a message for them for the original call? Yeah. If you're not even a client and it takes them four days to respond to your email or your phone call, you probably want to be concerned. What happens when they're actually doing the mold mitigation on your house and what was supposed to take a month is now on month three?
1: Yeah. Well... I would hope, you've seen this, um, I would hope mold mitigation doesn't take a month, but if if it does... Well, yeah. we've
0: heard some horror stories of people who thought, were told a certain number of weeks, and three months yeah. later, nope. it's they still don't, they're not back in their home.
1: Exactly. And that, yeah, paying for hotels and all that, I'm sure that, that and who knows, if you have to stay with your in-laws, I know not
0: Who drive you crazy? Yeah, if I had
1: to stay with our, my in-laws for, for months, I don't know. You know, I'm sure you feel the same (laughs) way. So it's, I guess my point is, is make sure you get the right company in there and vet them. Don't, don't just go off of, oh, they got a fancy website or their trucks or vans have this logo on it. They're a member of the Better Business Bureau. Call them and vet them yourself. And like you said, if it takes four days for them to get back to you, that's probably a, a concern. And it should be. You know, and It kind of brings up something that has nothing to do with this, but we have the technology these days. I have it on my phone. I have RoboKiller. And so it filters all of my calls. People need to understand that too. Like sometimes we don't always see that you're trying to get a hold of us. Correct. If that makes sense. But
0: by the time the person gets back to you, if after five business days they're like, "Yeah, I was so busy," yeah. you're like, "You're too busy for me to uh, pay yeah, you that." Exactly.
1: Yep. So that, and that's a good point, and it you know kind of brings up what what I've said before. Not every client is is for me, mm-hmm. and for our listeners, not every contractor might not be for them. Exactly. So they need to hire the person that they know is going to do the best. So it's kind of crazy. You know, I had a list of questions that I thought we were going to go through, but we we had. We only went through a few, but but those are some of the questions that we hear all the time. I wanted to wrap up the year with the most common questions. Hopefully, like unless you have something you think is real common, we'll just wrap this up. But do you have a last, like what you think that is one of the most common questions? Or are we good?
0: I think just remember you want to begin a new year in a healthy, healthy home. Yep. If it is Christmas and you realize we have some serious mold concerns. It might be time for you to set up a mold consult or VPA with Steve and really start the new year off on the right foot. Yeah.
1: Yep. And you know, obviously, you don't see the next week's topic, but next week's topic is is we're going to set our indoor air quality goals. Yes. Uh, so those that have been listening for a while, we usually do that every the round the first. Uh, so actually, the next episode will be on New Year's Day. But yeah, they want to they want to start off the year with a healthy home and doing a consultation or a VPA would be a great way to do it. So once again, I hope all of you had a wonderful 2023. Uh, Next time it's going to be 2024. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, time flies. All right. Well, today was episode 239. Make sure you go to our website and book a VPA or a consultation. Have a Merry Christmas.